Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Us and them. That's the way a lot of people see the world. Liberal, conservative, right, left, white, black, First Nations, Protestant Catholic, straight LGBTQ, rural urban, Christian, non-Christian, and the list could go on. We define ourselves sometimes against the other side. And whatever the other is, if you're on it, you're wrong. If you're on my side, you're right. If you're on the other side, you're bad. If you're on my side, you're good. Some of us, some of the us and them viewpoints define people. If you're a white supremacist, and I hope you're not, then racism defines you. I lived in Ottawa and pastored there for a lot of years, and uh, it seemed to me that the people who worked in different political parties, especially during elections, the political uh, party defined them. Us and them. It's a worldview of many people. The worldview is not new. It happened here, And it happened back in Paul's time. The big us and them in Paul's time was you're Jewish or you're Gentile, which simply means that you're not Jewish. The Jewish people were God's people. The Gentiles were not God's people. This wasn't something you drink coffee, I drink tea kind of us and them. This was a full-blown us and them. There was a separation. There was a dividing line. William Barclay is a Bible commentator, and, and he helps us feel feels the alienation between the two communities. He writes, The Jews had an immense contempt for the Gentiles. The Gentiles, said the Jews, were created by God to be fuel for the fires of hell. God, they said, loves only Israel of all the nations that he made. It was not even lawful to render help to a Gentile mother in the hour of her, uh, of her need, for that would simply be to bring another Gentile into the world. Until Christ came, the Gentiles were an object of contempt to the Jews. The barrier between them was absolute. If a Jewish boy married a Gentile girl, or a Gentile girl married a, or a Jewish girl married a Gentile boy, the funeral of that Jewish boy or girl was carried out. Such contact with a Gentile was equivalent to death. That is the attitude that the Apostle Paul grew up with. That's what informed his background. And now he's writing to the church in Ephesus. And... Paul knew that God had called Israel to be a light to the Gentiles. He had called them to point the way to God. But he also knew that what had happened is it became us and them. And there was some truth in that. 
The Jewish people were the people of God. They were God's chosen people. They were people to, uh, were the people to whom God made covenants with. That's what Paul is saying in verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called the uncircumcision, that was kind of a derogatory name, by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done, by the body, uh, done in the body by human hands. Remember at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and were foreigners to the covenants of the promises, without hope and without God in this world. As Gentiles, we were without hope and without God in this world. Now, one of the big debates in the early church, can Gentiles, non-Jewish people, can they actually become Christians? And Paul had to show this great vision uh, to Peter in Acts chapter 10, where this sheet came down out of heaven and all these unclean to him things, that uh, pigs and all the things that they weren't supposed to eat. And God says, you know, what, what I've called unclean, or what I've called clean, don't call unclean. And he says, you know, there's some people knocking at your door, go with them, and they were Gentiles. Peter went with them, he preached the gospel, the Spirit of God fell on the Gentiles, and this just amazed the church. How could God be so generous as to save the Gentiles? But all of a sudden they knew that salvation was not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. If you were here in last week, or if you read the first part of Ephesians chapter 2, then you'll see that Paul has been outlining this amazing salvation we have. And this just amazed Paul that God would save the Gentiles. And he then became the apostle to the Gentiles. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now, in Christ, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. The biggest us and them in Paul's life was smashed by the work of the cross uh, that Jesus did for us. Jesus made peace in himself between the Jew and the Gentile. We who were formerly excluded from the covenants of God, we who were without hope and without God in this world, have been brought near to God. There is no more barrier between Jew and Gentile because Jesus has destroyed it. We have peace with each other because of the work of Jesus. Now both Jew and Gentile come to God through the work of the cross. Verse 15. His purpose, God's purpose, was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we have access to the Father by one spirit. We're both given access to the Heavenly Father by what Jesus did on the cross. We're both given access to the Father by the Holy Spirit. There is no a wall between us anymore. The barrier has been broken. And did you notice the purpose in verse 15? 
The purpose was to create for him, in himself one new humanity. Out of two. He's creating one new humanity. It was different from Jew, the Jewish covenants with its regulations and laws. It was different from the Gentiles who were separated from God. It was a new kind of humanity that, that comes close to God the Father by the work of the cross that Jesus did and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that you didn't wake up this morning and say, hey, I was just wondering about that Jewish-Gentile controversy back in the first century, right? That was the first question on your mind when you woke up today, right? No, I don't believe it. Um, but it's important that you understand what went on because that informs how God wants you to see yourself. Verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus being the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become the dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Paul's writing to a church that's primarily made up of Gentiles. It's like he was writing to Asbury. And while a few of you have Jewish roots, most of us would be classified as Gentiles. And look at what these verses say about you, Asbury. Verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his own household. You are fellow citizens with God's people. Citizens of where? Well, Paul, writing the church in Philippi, says this in Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Your fellow citizens, your citizens of heaven. Your citizenship rests in the kingdom of heaven. You are citizens of the kingdom of God. I'm a Canadian. I can trace my Canadian roots back to the 16th century. I have a Canadian passport. But my primary identity as a follower of Jesus is a citizen of heaven, first and foremost. If my Canadian citizenship takes precedence over my heavenly citizenship, something has gone very wrong with both my faith and my identity. But I've heard Christians say and act in a way that were discriminatory to our French brothers and sisters, to our Caribbean and African brothers and sisters, to our First Nations brothers and sisters in Christ? Let me say this as plainly as I can. There is no room for racism. There's no room for sexism. There's no room for nationalism in our faith. 
As Christians, we are citizens of heaven first. And there's no second-class citizens of heaven. You and I and that uneducated girl who lives on a dump in South America but loves Jesus. Or that indigenous person who walks the streets of Ottawa, homeless, but loves Jesus. We're equal citizens of heaven. We are part of that one humanity that Jesus died to create. We're equal in God's sight. And if we're not equal in each other's sight, then seeing things different than God is what we're doing. And that's always problematic. Back to verse 19. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Paul goes on to say that we're members of his household. Well, now, I know that you've heard, I heard you heard that if you're a believer, a follower of Jesus, then you're, you are a part of the family of God, and we can sing songs and love to sing songs. Like, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. But Paul uses the word household here. We're part of a family, but we're part of a functioning family, a household. I have, I have friends who uh, pastor churches who have dozens and dozens of ethnicities represented in their congregation. And they tell me a couple of things about the churches. First of all, their church potlucks are the best because because they get, like, food from all around the world, right? It's pretty cool. Second, they have to work really hard on unity because different ethnicities do things differently. Not right or wrong, just different. And we can understand, we understand people from our point of view, but if we don't hear their point of view, well... You know, we, we miss out, and they have to work really hard on unity to stay on the same page. We live in Perth. You guys are really white, I got to say, right? Um, although I do uh, see a number more blacks and Asians around our town. I suspect that uh, we'll see more multicultural in our community over the next decade. People, when you come in contact with people who are different than you, be the Christian you are. When people of different ethnicities come up in conversation, Speak and act like the Christians you are. Too much truth in the story that was told uh, came out of the deep south. Apparently a, a black man was walking along the road one, one Sunday morning, and uh, uh, it was a fine Sunday morning, and he happened upon this church, and 
He heard the hymns being sung, the, the hymns that he himself had learned as a kid. He said, Lord, I'm, I sure would like to worship with your people. So, so he walked into the church and sat down in a pew and started to worshiping. Started to worship. Didn't seem to sink in that this was an all right white church and people started pointing and murmurs started erupting and people started shifting ansily in their seats. Finally, an usher came over to this black guy and asked him to leave. He went quietly and continued his walk on down the road. He said, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to cause a disruption in your worship. Then the Lord spoke to him and said, it's all right, my son. I've been trying to get into that church for 20 years and haven't been able to do it either. <laughs> Verse 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become the holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, Paul changes the metaphor from country and citizenship and family and household to a building. He says, God is constructing a building, a temple, if you would. The foundation of this building is the apostles and the prophets, with Jesus, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. In Jesus, this, this whole building is being fastened together to become a holy place. And you who have put your faith in Jesus are part of this temple. You are a block in the wall of this temple, if you would. I know many of you are familiar with the idea that's found in Corinthians that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? That's not what it's talking about here. That's a different metaphor or a different idea. This is talking about we all are being together, built together to become a temple where God dwells by his Spirit. Each one of us who has been saved by grace is part of that temple that Jesus is building. We together become the dwelling place of God. I want you to notice that the trouble that God went through to create this one new humanity. He sent his son Jesus on the cross to die for our sin and to make us righteous. He, he gave his spirit that is, uh, that is actively helping us to live this out. What that means for you and for me is that for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, Within, with those of us who have the Spirit of God living in us, there can be no us and them. We're one temple. We're being built together. We're held together by Jesus himself. We are filled by God's Spirit, the one Holy Spirit. What this means for us is that who put their faith in Jesus is there can't be an us and them. I know it's not a big deal these days, but I'll need to say it anyways. We can't have 
and us and them between denominations. If you receive Jesus into your life, and I've received Jesus into my life, and the Spirit of God lives in me, and the Spirit of God lives in you, we're part of the same temple. There is no us and them. There's no us and them when it comes to race. Whoever receives Jesus, whether they are Asian, black, white, or brown, they're all part of this temple that God's building. Racism is a horrible scourge on the temple of God. There's no tribalism when it comes to the temple of God. If Christ lives in you and Christ lives in me, then political affiliations are secondary. The music that we prefer is secondary. Age, whether young or old, is secondary. Vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, is secondary. The only thing that matters is Jesus. There are some Christians that I see in the States, and some of what I see makes me cringe. But if they love Jesus like I love Jesus, they are part of the temple that God is building. I don't have to like their opinions, but I have to love them as a brother and sister in Christ. And I can't say us and them. When our opinions about issues of the day are more important than our love for Jesus, then we have a huge, huge problem. Some of you may remember the genocide that happened in Rwanda in the mid-1990s. The Hutu tribe tried to wipe out the Tutsis. It was a horrible atrocity. The estimated uh, that well over a half a million Tutsis died in that genocide. The worst of it is, is that 80% of the Hutu and 80% of the Tutsis claimed to be Christian. But what happened was their tribalism went deeper than their discipleship. And I worry that our discipleship will not go deeper than our culture. I worry about that for the church in Canada. We have permissiveness on the left, hatred on the right. I worry that our tribalism will run deeper than our discipleship. I am concerned that we will act in hostility and anger against the people who seem to be turning against the church rather than acting in love as Jesus told us to. I'm concerned that our discipleship won't go deep enough to meet the challenges of our culture. Hear me clearly. I am not asking you to change whatever opinion you have. I know that we have 
opinions all over the boards in our church. Not asking to you to change the opinion you have unless you see a reason to. What I am asking is that you examine your attitude. Does your attitude belong in the temple that Jesus is building? Will your attitude stand up to the scrutiny of Scripture? What would, your, what would Jesus say about your attitude towards those who are different from you? What is your attitude towards your brother and sister in Christ who is different from you? What is your attitude towards your enemy? Listen to verse 22. And in him, you two are being built together to become the dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Can you hear why unity in the church is, is so important? Paul, Paul says to the Ephesian church, and he would say to the Asbury church, in him you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. God is building us together so that we together become a dwelling place for God. If you ever wondered why God values forgiveness of your brothers and sisters um, so highly? Being built together. We can't live like we repel one another. So I've been talking, it's possible that God has been pointing out to you some attitudes. Now, don't be pointing at others and saying, well, I really hope they hear this. Let God deal with them. Is God pointing out an attitude in your heart? Would you pray, pray, show me, Lord, anything that's not consistent with how you view life? I want my life to go deeper than the culture I live in. Let me leave you with one last story. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up into heaven. But he beat his breast. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. My friends, don't be the Pharisee. Let's pray. Lord, your word tells us that scripture is given to us for instruction, for correction, for rebuke. Thank you, Lord, for your word. 
It shines a light in our heart. Lord, help us to live like citizens of heaven. Help us to love well people who are different from us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.